0: I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will, today, if you'll take out your Bibles. John chapter 10, verse 10. The scripture that hopefully you know well in this church. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just touch. As Pastor Mark comes, that you would just minister through him. Father, allow us to receive your word this morning. Father, not just to come into church and hear a word and go home, but, Father, to take that word and go out into all the nation. Father, making disciples, baptizing them. Father, help us to be your servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we began to talk about this this need that we have in a day and age where so much in our culture is undermining faith and undermining the teachings of scripture that even people who call themselves Christians live in such a way that do not reflect being a Christian. The importance of us to have a solid grip on biblical truth so that we can be a witness and so that we can raise our families and impact those around us uh, in a right in a right way, and we begin to talk about the two things that we're introducing right now to the church, to you, uh, that we're doing to help lay that foundation. One is on Wednesday nights as we start this really new endeavor for us that we're calling Equip, uh, that really lays out a found is, is for laying out a foundation of faith. There's a lot of things that are going to come into play. Uh, with equip right now, we're starting with this class on Wednesday night talking about what we believe so there can be a solid foundation in our understanding together of what we believe. And so we want to invite you to come out and be a part of that. The second part of it is what we're calling starting point. And starting point in its natural form will take start taking place the first week of February where we will have an an ongoing class that will, four classes that will be taught on Sunday mornings consecutively, one class each Sunday that will help lay a a foundation for any uh, new people who come into our fellowship so they can know what we believe and what we are about. And we have decided to uh, teach Starting Point here in this service up and up for the next several weeks, so that everybody here gets it, understands it, and uh, knows what we're doing and so that's what we're going to do a little bit uh, today. We're going to take you f- through the first session of starting point and what's going to happen in that class each week each each month on the first Sunday of the month. This is important information for you to have, and so I want you to really capture it with us. As I sit here, one of the things that kind of overwhelms me is the knowledge that all of us come to the table, every one of us come into this room with different needs, different circumstances, different life experiences, different things that influence the way we think, different things that influence the way we respond in this world, different pressures on our lives, None of us are exactly the same. We face different tests, different trials, different temptations. And so how do we encourage you? How do we strengthen you in this? And the bottom line is there has to be a baseline of biblical understanding for us to walk in victory. So we see this great prayer that we pray for all of you that we find Paul praying in Ephesians chapter 1. Listen to what Paul prays for the Ephesians and what our prayer is for you. It says, "I keep asking that God, the God of the of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches." of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That'd be a great thing to have, wouldn't it? Listen to it again in the message version. It says this way, it says it this way, I ask God, the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you will see exactly what it is he is calling you to do, grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Think about that for a moment. God has a glorious way of life for us, but we have to grasp it. We have to grasp the immensity of it. We have to grasp the truth of it. We have to understand it. We have to get the old nature of ourselves, the old influences of life, the things of this world that would impact the way that we think. They've got to get swept away and our foundation has to be clearly in what God would have for us. And so I would warn you about the things that are influencing you today. I'd warn you about the things that have brought you to the point that you're at right now and the things that will influence you tomorrow and say, are they a reflection of God's glorious plan for your life. Now for us to to do that, we have to walk down a spiritual path of growth, and there's four parts of this growth that are really important for you to know. And so we're going to talk about some of these. The first one is this. You have to know God. We're not talking uh, about knowing about God even though that begins to reveal to us how to know him. What we're talking about today is knowing God personally. Being in a a relationship where God can speak to you, where his spirit can direct you, where conviction can come in your life. There's a great word picture of what this means in Revelation chapter, chapter 3, verse 20, where it says, Behold, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. This is about fellowship. This is about us being in relationship with God. From the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible, we find God inviting us into a relationship with him. The Bible reveals the pathway to that relationship with God and honors people who live it, who walk in it, who discover what it is to, be in, to not just know about him, but to be in a relationship with him. And Jesus gives us clear warning about those who miss that pathway who don't get there. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 7 towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The importance of us entering into a relationship with God that changes us and that we begin to know him. So the importance of us having a relationship with God through his word and through his spirit is one of the important steps of us growing in the will of God. The second part of, that, of, of, the, of this that is important for us to grow in the will of God is what we at Calvary call connection and community. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, and let us consider how, we, how to stir one another up. This is part of the, the reason for small groups. This is a part of the reason for us to be in relationship with each other is this call to stir one another up to what? to love and good works, to trouble, to gossip, to woe is me. No, our call is to stir one another up. When we see somebody discouraged, to encourage them, to see somebody that, that, that doesn't feel up, to, to love them. See somebody that doesn't love other people, to encourage them to love people, to see someone who's working, to encourage them into work, to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The church was meant to be a body of believers. The church was meant to be a family of believers. When we come to Christ, we come into the family of, of God. And we are called in that family, listen, to know each other, to be in relationship with each other, to care for each other, to help each other, to stir one another up to love and to good works. We're to have a place in each other's lives. Now this this just simply moves past Sunday morning Seeing each other a little bit in the hallway and asking how each other's weeks were. This is intentional. It it, it is a connection that's supposed to happen where we actually have empathy and care and love for each other, where we find encouragement from one another and offer encouragement to others, where we find strength. From one another and offer strength to, to one another, where we find life. This is where the church becomes more than a place, it's where it becomes a home, becomes a family. You'll learn more about this in the weeks ahead as we talk through our starting point classes. The second part of this journey is to discover purpose. So we have to know God. We have to be connected with each other. And and it's important, if you're going to be fully connected with God, for you to discover your purpose in life. That you are gifted to make a powerful impact in other people's lives. Romans chapter 12 says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So here's part of our purpose. To understand, you have a gift. You have a gift that God has given to you. In 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. As we discover our purpose, it is inside of this, this, this reality that we are a part of the body of Christ. Our job is to help you find those gifts and to use them. As you walk through this earth. And part of that, the next part of that is this. We have to learn to serve others. That we are gifted to have a powerful impact on each other's lives. And this is where we actually come to John chapter 15. Where it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much, much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is really clear to catch this last line. Joy comes when we do the will of the Father. Joy comes when we know Him. Joy comes when we're connected with other believers. Joy comes when we discover our purpose. Joy comes when we serve. This is where you find joy. People are looking for joy all over the place. This is where you really find it. This is the pathway to real growth in our life. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says this, As each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now, starting point is going to look at every one of those points in depth over a four-week period. We're going to take some time and everyone, and talk about every one of those. Today, we want to talk a little bit about what it means to know God This is an important foundation for us. Who is God? The one true God is the creator of all things. His power and glory is beyond our comprehension, but we can know some things about him. God, we know this, God is all-powerful. We know this, God is present in all places at all times. And we know this. God knows everything. Now that's beyond our our ability to comprehend. But he, he knows everything, including the thoughts of our hearts. Not only does He know the thoughts of your hearts, He knows the thoughts of the hearts of the person sitting next to you. He knows the thoughts of the person's heart across the aisle. He knows everything. He He, he He's just this this being of another of another level of dimension that we cannot comprehend. But here's what else we know about him. God loves us. And wants to have a relationship with every one of us. And assures us that if we put our trust in Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. That we will have eternal life. So we can look and know that this God is great and vast. Knows everything. Is all powerful. Is everywhere all the time. And we can know this. That he loves us. And wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to be in relationship with you. The thing that separates us from that relationship is what we call sin. So what is sin? What exactly is sin? Sin is the natural result of the sin nature. A condition of our spirit caused by mankind's disobedience. We live disconnected from God and his guiding presence. And so we live in di- we, we live our way instead of his way. The way we do things, the way we think, the way we feel is a result of us having a, our spirit disconnected from the spirit of God because of sin. This separation manifests itself or shows itself in our lives in acts of sin. Acts of sin. All of us have different acts of sin. Different things that we do that flow out of the sin nature that may, may show itself in your life in one way and in somebody else's life in another way, but it's because we're living our way instead of God's way. Because we are disconnected from the guiding spirit of God that we were meant to be connected with, but sin, disobedience broke that connection. And so in that, friend, I want you to understand that in in that sin destroys us, And sin hurts others. We see it around us all the time. Somebody caught in a sin that is destructive to them. And we see it all the time. Sin that is acting in a way that hurts people all around them and destroys them. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. We have a sin nature in us. And so all of us do things out of that nature. We've all sinned. In Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The price for this sin, being being a person with a sin nature, is separation from God for now and for eternity. But the gift of God for us is that we can have eternal life In Christ Jesus our Lord. And in Romans 5, 8, it says this. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now when we understand this, when we get this, when we understand that we have a sin nature, when we understand that because of that sin nature, we have become sinners and we act in sin, that sin separates us from God, hurts others, destroys us. How do we get back in relationship with God? How does a relationship with God start? And, and here's the good news. From the very beginning of time, God has given us a choice. We could either live in a close relationship with him or we could live on our own. It's illustrated in the very beginning of the Bible with the story of the two trees in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 2, it says this, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. So here's tree number one. The tree of life is in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now in Genesis, a little bit farther in verse 16, it said, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall die. We could eat of the tree of life; we could be in the, have the tree of life. We couldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this death that he's talking about is this aspect of separation. Whenever you think about the Bible and it's talking about death, it's almost always talking about separation. The first death. Physical death is when our body dies and our spirit goes to stand before God and our body, this body, ceases to function. The second death is when we are found, that we are found to still be in sin and we do not receive Christ in our, in our life and we are separated from God for all eternity. So at this point in time, we are walking in this death of separation from God. We are separated from him. The separation of man's spirit from God's spirit. When that choice was made, man became a creature on his own. This brought every pain and suffering into the world that we face today. All the wars, all the sickness, all the, all the terrorism... All the disruption, all the crime, all the addictions started with man being separated from the Spirit of God because of sin and man living his own way. Now when we want to fix this broken relationship, we find that basically there's two choices that men attempt to do this in. And there's a difference between these choices. Choice number one is this. I do more or I, can, or I can receive what has already been done. I try to do more. I try to earn my way in. I try to do enough right things that God receives me. The problem is how, we, is how, how do we know how much we have to do to satisfy a holy God. But there is good news. Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. This isn't a matter of somebody praying over you. This isn't a matter of some of you doing enough religious works. This is a, a work of God done in you as a free gift of God. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 5. It says, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. The call is for us to come to Christ. Now here's the second of these choices. I can try to earn God's approval, or I I can receive God's love for me. In Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says this, but God shows his love for us in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the price for us. So now I can either receive that into my life or I can keep trying to earn the approval of God on my own. And then here's the next point. I obey either out of duty Or I obey out of love. John 14 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, the difference between Christianity and all other faith comes down to these two words do and done. All other faith, it's about what you must do to earn a place before God. Christianity says you can't do enough. All of our works are as filthy rags. Christianity is about what God has done for us to restore our relationship with him. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says it this way, for there is one God And there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ, Jesus. So our hope is in him. That's who we put our faith in. And we can rest in him. Now when I realize that, when I come to this point, that I I, I can't work my way into heaven. I can't earn my way into heaven. But I want to know God. How do I come into a relationship? How do I become a Christian? Do I just join a church? Not if I want to have a personal relationship with him. That's not the the final key. Listen to what, what we would tell you today. First of all, realize that God has not been first place in your life and ask him to forgive you of your sin. This is where the personal relationship begins. With this recognition, I am I have been in rebellion to God. He's not been first place in my life. And I'm going to ask him to forgive me of my sin. 1 John chapter 1 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The second part is this, I've got to believe that Jesus died and paid for you. You've got to believe this. And that he rose from the dead and is alive today. This is fundamental to our faith. Do you believe that Jesus paid the price for you? Do you believe that he rose again and that he's alive for us today? We put our belief in him. Romans chapter 10 says this. If you openly declare, listen, if you openly declare That Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Hear the promise you will be saved. Is that good news? For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. The two requirements. Acts chapter 4 says this, And there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's one way to heaven. There's one way to be right with God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So we put our belief in him, and we accept God's free gift of salvation. We don't try to earn it. Again, Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man can boast. You want to know why we praise and worship God? Here's fundamentally why we praise and worship God. Because he's given us a gift of salvation. This is, the, this is I, if I think of all the things God's worthy of praise for, all of his creation and all the things, He done, I, I want to worship God because he gives us a gift of salvation. I want to thank him and express praise and worship to him and enter into that relationship with him. Our relationship with God is not restored by anything we do but on the basis of what Jesus has already done for us. And in that, we receive Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be the Lord of your life. He's now in charge, folks. He he now begins to direct our life. We open our heart for him to convict us, for him to move us, for him to change us, and for us to walk in him. John chapter 1 says this, but to all who, who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We were not born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but, we are, but of God. We are born again into Christ Jesus. You take these steps by praying a simple prayer of commitment. And when you pray that simple prayer of commitment, Christ moves in your life. God gives you a free gift. Let's just take a moment right now and pray. Father, in this room today, we're we're going over many things that most of us know. But, Father, there may be some in this room today. You know the condition of every heart, you know the relationship they have with you. That today they need to cross this line of faith. They need to accept the work that you've done in 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 their life. They need to receive your son as their Lord and their Savior. And so today, Father, we just stop in this moment and, and we just pray that you'd make every one of us aware of our personal condition before you. And Lord, if we need to receive you into our life today, that in this moment we would do that very thing. So every head's about every eye closed for just a second. Dave. you'll say, Pastor, as you've talked today, I, I, I realize I need to cross that line of faith. I need to ask Christ into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I want the free gift of salvation. If that's you, just right now, just raise your hand and just say, Pastor, pray for me right now in Jesus' name. Give giving you just a minute as I look across this room. Anyone here today? that you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me today. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We see this hand over here. God bless you. Anyone else today? Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, your love and your free gift. Let's all just pray this prayer together today with me, would you please? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me. Thank you for loving me even when I ignored you. I realize I need you in my life. I confess that I'm a sinner. Living life my way instead of yours. With a heart far from you. I ask you to forgive me and to heal my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I confess you as my Lord and receive you as my Savior. Please help me to live for you as you died for me. I accept your free gift of salvation and pledge to live for you. Amen. Here's what Romans 10, 13 says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is that good news? Amen. Amen. Now, there's next steps. What do you do after you do this? You want to enter into this relationship with God. What do you do next? Well, the thing that we would stress to anybody after you've gotten saved is you need to be baptized. You may have been baptized as a baby. That was something your parents did. But after you've crossed that line of faith yourself, you need to be baptized. We practice baptism by immersion in water, which is the way Jesus was baptized and the way the Bible describes. In Mark chapter 1, it says this, in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, and when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. This is Jesus himself being baptized. In Matthew 28, we hear about the purpose of the church Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Ma- Matthew chapter 10, it says this So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in in heaven. By being baptized, you're doing several things. A, you are following the example set by Christ. So if if you've not been baptized since you were saved, you need to follow the example of Christ. Two, you are demonstrating your changed life, that your heart is following after him. And C, you are declaring your commitment publicly. You're making a public proclamation that you are a born-again believer, trusting Jesus to be your Savior. Water baptism declares publicly what has happened privately. Privately. And so today, any of you who are sitting here, if you've not been baptized in water since you've become a born-again Christian, I want to encourage you to take the connection card off of the chair in front of you, put your name on it, put a way for us to contact you on it, and if there's not a place to check there, just write baptism on it, and either drop it in the ba- black box out in the entryway or drop it by the, the, the information booth out in the entryway, and we will be in contact with you about, being, about following the Lord's example and being baptized. Amen? Amen? So take that. Say, oh, I was baptized. Were you baptized since you were saved? If you weren't baptized since you were saved, since you asked Christ into your life, you need to be baptized. If you want to follow Christ's example, listen, if Christ could be baptized, why wouldn't I be baptized? Amen? So I want to challenge you to take that. Now, if you want to continue to grow, we want to, continue, we want to challenge you to go through all the starting, the starting point classes. So even if, if you miss next week or the week after or the week after, then watch for when weeks two, three, and four are going to be taught. It'll be the second Sunday of the month, the third Sunday of the month, the fourth Sunday of the month. During the second service, they're going to be taught back in the in the, in the welcome room, back here in the back, S- come to first service, then slip into there, and here week two, three, or four, whatever week you miss. But this is important for you to get this foundation in your life. It's been good foundationally today to hear. Amen. Amen. And, and, and this is going to help you in a lot of ways to learn how to really grow in relationship with him. The next thing I would challenge you to do is to begin to come to the equip classes. Get the foundation. These classes, this is going to, we're starting with one class on what we believe, but this is going to blossom out into many, many different classes to help us overcome what our culture's done for us and learn how to live in the culture of a relationship with Jesus. We're very serious about us living Christ's way in a, in a fallen world. Friends, we are, like the, we, we are like the faithful believers who've been carried away into Babylon. We live in an anti-faith culture trying to live for God. We need to learn how to do that in a very, very faithful way. And so we challenge you today. Be serious about the development of your faith. Be serious about your commitment to Christ. And let us grow together. Amen? Let's stand together today and let's pray. Prayer teams, would you come down to the front, please? Father in these next couple of moments I just pray that this has been helpful to people I pray that today even believers would be solidified in their faith strengthened in their belief Father know how to talk to others and Lord in Jesus name I just pray you'd help us to rest in you in the fullness of your work in the days and weeks ahead let us grow as a church in you let us grow Father in our in our faith so that you will shine through us to a lost world. Touch us, we pray, and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the next couple of moments, as we, uh, as we end this service, we're going to worship the Lord. Those who come here all the time, you know what, what this is about. If you have any need in your life, any need in your life, don't be bashful. We believe in a personal God. We believe a God who, meet, who will meet our needs and if you have a need in your life I want to invite you to come and let somebody pray for you now Christians I would tell you if you take these notes today and you study them a little bit this will help you when you talk to people who don't know Christ if you want to lead somebody to Christ you can walk them right through these steps that we've talked about here about how to accept Christ in your life And it'll help you know how to talk to people when you get that opportunity. And I would challenge you to pray for that opportunity. Amen. Hey, I love you. God loves you. Glad you're here today. And let's grow in the things of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.